What's good, everyone? Welcome to episode three of the show already. Wow. That was fly. In a year that's going really slow, but that's another story of the day. Um, got five, one, two, three, four, five shows to touch on tonight, today, um, on this all-out weekend. AEW last. But that's okay. We'll go through payback in hindsight since we've had Smackdown since then. Get a bit more of an idea about what happened to payback. Um, so yeah, we'll go through payback, go through Raw really briefly. NXT, Smackdown. As I said, AEW will be last. Because that will then into my predictions for All Out, which is day AEW's biggest pay-per-view of the year. Um, but... I did want to start with something because this annoyed me really 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 did after NXT this week we all know how that ended I'll touch on that later we all know how that match ended a lot of people didn't like how that ended and as such there was certain content creators slash YouTubers slash online dickheads that had the balls to demand their NXT back. Their NXT because the NXT that they knew is dead. You don't have the right to demand anything they take time away from their family to do what they do to entertain people like you so you can make a living sitting there talking shit you don't get to demand a fucking thing if you don't like it don't like what they're putting out. Don't watch it. Simple. If you do like it, review it accordingly. But don't sit there and demand your NXT. Because you don't own the show. Just, just don't. That's that. And the other thing that really annoyed me happened last night, SmackDown. Well, we'll get to the... the show, it wasn't the show that annoyed me. The show was fine. People always want different. They beg for different. Then they get different and they complain. Because it's they want. If it's not what they want, they complain. So they don't want different. They want their own way. Ergo, they're fucking children. We need to stop that rubbish. We need to be better. Different can be good different can be bad 
but you need to let it roll. You need to let it play out. Don't shit on it before it's had a chance to play out. You want different, they give you different. Be happy with it. Go with the flow. Let it roll. Just don't complain for complaining's sake. Don't complain for clicks or views or any of that shit. It's childish, it's overdone. Off with it. The last little bit of sookiness I want was people out there <clears throat> throwing all sorts of shade Tony Khan regarding his response to double or nothing versus WrestleMania. My opinion, that was a lose-lose situation question. He should have simply said, well, what could he say? Any answer he gave, he was going to get shot down. If he says no comment, people would say, oh, doesn't rate his own show, doesn't rate his own, own uh, promotion. If, if he says what he said, oh, how dare he, oh, oh. No way was it better than that. Oh, oh. He's just sticking up for his own shit. It's, but it's an honest lose-lose situation. Don't sit there and go, Oh, Tony Khan, oh, oh, shouldn't be saying anything. Oh, oh. Just let it go. Who cares? Who cares what he said? Make up your own opinion. Did you like Double or Nothing? Better than WrestleMania? I thought both shows were, hmm, to be honest. But, uh-uh, never thought about which was better. Does it really matter? Probably not. So, in all honesty, Double or Nothing should have been better because they had more time to deal with the the no fans and this and that and all that sort of, all that sort of rubbish where WrestleMania was sort of just starting with all that sort of stuff. But hardcore AEW fan base are going to say, of course they'll learn nothing. The hardcore WWE fan base, no, WrestleMania, I'm so much better, blah, 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 blah. It's all opinion-based. Who cares? Just enjoy what they're putting out. In a shit year, why are we finding more things to sook about? Why don't we go to these lengths, these extended lengths, to find something good out of this really shitty year? Let's put our energy into finding good instead of negative. We all need to be better. We all need to enjoy, or at least try to enjoy, what they're putting out. Because the negativity is going to seep. It's going to keep seeping. People are not going to want to do their job anymore. You're going to get... You're going to get people or you know, performers that are going to get trolled to the extent online where they're just like, you know, well, I don't want to do this job anymore. There's too many dickheads. And then we're left with... Yeah, right. Wrestling is never going to end, but 
you know, let's try to enjoy what they're putting out. No, but anyway, that's enough. Of that. Ah, ugh. got some shows to look at. Let's have a look at those instead of about Suki Lala's online, shall we? All the way back to last weekend, payback. Go through these shows rather quickly, otherwise night show is going to get long. And we really don't need that. Um, Pre-show match, Fright Squad versus the Iconics. It's what you'd expect from these two teams, really. But my opinion, this was never about match quality. This was always story-based, this, this one. Um, Liv's inability to fully invest herself into trusting Ruby oh jeez excuse me was the main part and Iconics just kept chipping 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 away at that and it got to the point where you know they were telling telling Ruby that Liv, uh, telling Liv that Ruby doesn't love her and she doesn't care for her and yeah 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 and you know then Billy I think it was Billy hit Liv from behind off the apron no, it was actually Peyton, because Billy was on the outside. Peyton hit uh, Liv off the apron. Billy's like, my God, can you see what Ruby did? Oh, why would she do that? Well, to really confuse her, and that was really good story. But in the end, Liv put her trust in Ruby. Um, they went on to win the match. Now we have another legit tag team back into the fold with... The lack of women's tag teams, that's a really, really good thing to have. Um, as I said, this match was good, not from a quality standpoint, but the storytelling then seeped over. Um, that was pre-show. Lashley Cruz opened the pay-per-view. This was actually really good. It's better than I thought it was going to be. It was good pace, solid in work. Can't complain with that. Um... Lashley winning with the full Nelson is good. It puts that move over, strong, because Cruz isn't a small guy. He's not as tall, but he's real solid, so getting your arm takes some effort. Um, yeah, really put that move over. I like that. Um, Lashley is the right choice for US champ right here, right now, during this time. Apollo, I think, had run his race. He was pushed while Heyman was there. Heyman wanted to do things with him, but as a legitimate United States champion, Lashley is the one, especially with how much they're putting the Hurt business out on the screen regularly each week. I think Lashley is definitely the one that we need as, as the US champ. Uh, Cruz attacking post-match, that was interesting for me. You got the baby face attacking the, the heel. Interesting dynamic with that one. Um, but to me, it's good. It shows that he's willing to do anything to get the title back, um, including steeping to those sort of ridiculous levels. Um, um, but yeah, I think Lashley is the right man for the... To have the title right now, um, especially with what's going on with the Hurt Business, actually, it's 
good match, right choice, right stuff. Big E Sheamus, same match we saw on SmackDown a few weeks ago, but this was infinitely better. A little bit more time, as you'd expect, but um, yeah, not much to this match. Technically, the result was still the same, even though it was better. Still didn't like Big E having to fight from behind or from you know, you know the underdog story. Big E is a big guy. Why is he getting dominated for large chunks of matches? That I don't like, but I can get past it. I'm just nitpicking. Um, but it's good for him to get a solid win over another world champion. He beat the Miz. He's beaten James twice now. Um, again, another match that will flow over into SmackDown that we'll talk about soon. Um, <clears throat> after the match, E going out to the outside, preaching to go. You know? He's finally ready. He wants it. He knows that he wants it. He wants the world to know um, that he's going to get it. And that's good stuff. I like that. It's good storytelling. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Riddle and Corbin what, uh, didn't appeal to me from the start. The pre-match interview with Riddle made me less interested in the match, if that was even possible. Um... He felt very robotic in his delivery of his promo, but Riddle's one of those people, yeah, that take him or you leave him. You love him or you hate him. I'm, when he first came in, I was, wow, this guy can really go, but now I just don't care. Um, Corbin's the same. I don't care about him either, so that's why I didn't care about this match, really. Um, look, the match was good for what it was. Um, just going back to the pre-match promo, I hate, hate, I hate, I hate that they've brought Riddle's apparent adultery or whatever he was accused of into this story. I don't like it. It doesn't, it wasn't necessary. It's just trash. That's not needed. The feud was already established. It didn't need it. But the match was hard-hitting respectable for what it was. Corbin sold the absolute shit out of his ribs. Now, we saw him on SmackDown, he looked fine. So clearly, he uh, didn't have a broken rib, any of that stuff. So his selling was, whoo boy, real good on that. Um, Riddle was the right man to win um, the match. Corbin's sort of in a a wasteland at the moment. He's neither here nor there. He's not in the title picture. He's not getting these sort of wins. I don't actually see it's in the scheme of SmackDown. But Riddle's the same. I don't get where he sits in the scheme of SmackDown either, to be honest. But I digress. Riddle was the right man to win. But post-match beatdown was real strong. Corbin really laid in riddle sold the shit out of it that was a good beat down again that's another angle loading back down to when we get <sighs> sasha and bailey golden role models versus shana shana baszler and nia Jax. um i actually really enjoyed this match a lot of people didn't but i really did i thought it was a lot of fun 
it was disjointed, it was indifferent at certain times, which you're going to get that with two teams that haven't worked together. One of the teams that ever worked together, to the best of my knowledge. Um, but what made this a lot of fun was you could never actually, never actually tell accurately who was going to win until it ended. And that's, for me, that's what makes a match really enjoyable. The, action, the in-ring action was fine. But the fact that I didn't know who was going to win or when it was going to end is what kept me glued to the TV. That is, that's what I like. Um, the ending with Baszler locking Banks in the Muda lock and the Karafuda clutch from, uh, to Bailey <clears throat> was awesome. Uh, and she used Banks' arm to apply the choke to Bailey to cause a sub. Didn't ideally like Bailey being the one to tap, being that she's the now only champion out of that pairing. But the way the visual of Shayna Sasha's arm choke Bailey, stop all that was great. It was a fantastic ending to a really fun match. Um, new champions, not sure what they're going to do with. Baszler and, and Jax as champs, but we'll wait and see how that plays out um, after what happened on Raw the next night, which I'll go through shortly. Um, they may have a team lined up to fight at Clash of Champions, but we'll see where it goes. Um, but yeah, we'll see where it goes. Uh, Keith Lee versus Randy Orton. Um, really short match. I looked it up. It went like six, nearly seven minutes. That's really short for a, a main match. But um, it was really good. It was really good. Probably could have gone another ten minutes, and I still would have enjoyed it. Lee pinning Orton clean as a sheet in the middle was a ring of the ring was a massive f you to all the haters. That were like, oh, Keith Lee's buried. Oh, he's this, he's that. No, he's not. And we found out on Raw that, you know, they've created a new star here. Orton's fine. Nothing was done from this other than the fact that Keith Lee looks like a legit main event star. Beating a multiple time world champion in Randy. Clean as a sheet. One, two, three in the middle of the ring. Good, good stuff. Okay. Orton is the... Orton, to the casual viewer, is recognisable. So, Keith Lee now becomes a star in the eyes of, of the viewer. Orton is still a madman on a mission to gain the championship. Um, yeah, no one's hurt. Everything gained here, nothing lost. Really enjoyable match. What more do you want? Not much more they can give us. Um, the Mysterios vs. Rollins and Murphy. I was worried that this match was going to drag because of how short the Keith Lee Randy Orton match was. And due to the fact that what they gave us on Raw wasn't overly great. But 
this was really fun to watch as well. Um, the in-ring action was really solid. Dominic is really, really, really good. And he's only going to get better. Um, and I think how good he has become. Credit to the three men. Ray, Rollins, Murphy. That he's been working with the last couple of months. To get him to where he, how good he is already. Um, the miscommunication at the end of the match between Rollins and Murphy I'm hoping was a seed being planted seed that grow. Um, that leads to something between Murphy and Rollins because I think Murphy is so good Stan Murphy and I reckon that could be a really good feud that could elevate Murphy to a new height. So hopefully, hopefully that seed's being planted. But in saying that, Dom pinning Murphy was the right choice because I think the Mysterios needed to win to to close this book. Um, Rollins, you can't have Dom pinning Rollins. Could have had Mysterio pin Rollins, I guess, but I don't know. Rollins is he's the man. You want to sort of not not go there. Murphy being the, the disciple, just a, in the eyes of the viewer, sort of throwaway. So Murphy doesn't lose anything being pinned. Mysterios get their win. Again, everything gained here, nothing lost. Again, good stuff. Again, what more could you want? Um, main event was a little long either, but one thing I will say is, if you don't like The Fiend's entrance, then you don't like anything, because that's amazing. Doesn't matter what arena, whether it's the PC, Thunderdome, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's amazing. It looks so good. It's just so pleasing. Um... The fact, the time WrestleMania comes around, Fiend would have been around for the best part of 18 months. That's a full 18 months that we've had to wait to see the Fiend's entrance <clears throat> at a big arena with the full custom set and special blah, blah, blah. 18 months. That's crap. But there's not much we can do about it. So hopefully, hopefully, <clears throat> fans are allowed back by Mania next year. We get the stadium show, and can have a special entrance. You can all rejoice in that. Just enjoy how good the Fiend's entrance truly is. But we want attacking the Fiend before the match. I really enjoyed. Um, put a punctuation mark on the new. Uh, they put on the punctuation mark on the new edge to the character of Braun uh, to go with the bald head. Um, I really enjoyed all of that. Small subtleties and character shifts. <clears throat> um, fighting around the, the arena was good. Thought the commentators could have made a bit more of a big deal about, oh, where's Roman Reigns? He's not here yet. Well, where is he? Blah, 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 blah. But they didn't do that. 
um, again, nitpicking. Um, Toki as the ring implosion spot is or was. It's not something that WWE overdoes. They don't overkill it. Um, so fine with that. But when the real star of that spot is the referee, <laughs> then probably is a little pokey. But not everyone can sell like little nature. Charles Robinson, star of that spot. But yeah, anyway, they don't ever do that spot. So I was fine. Putting aside the ridiculousness of the way Roman comes out, signs a contract halfway through a match, take away all of that ridiculousness and stuff. He comes out. He signs the contract. He goes in there. He takes out two guys, nut shots the fiend, which, why wow, that keeps the fiend so long. But he spears Braun, pins Braun. Everyone thought it was going to happen anyway. He's out there for about three minutes, not even. And he's Universal Champion. Grabs his belt, walks out, stands at the top of the uh, <clears throat> the the ramp there, and he's the champion. All he needed to do. Doesn't need to be in long twenty-minute matches. Rah rah rah. He's back. That's all he needed to do. I don't care if legally he can't sign a contract halfway through a match blah 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 <clears throat> legally there's not a lot of things you're allowed to do in 2020 but people still do them the sports entertainment expand your horizon a little bit legally yeah okay reality reality says that's possible but i enjoyed it <clears throat> I probably would have had and Heyman come out maybe dragging Adam Pierce out by the scuff, scruff of his neck um, and then sign the contract, give it to Pierce, then bolts off. Are you giving it to an authority for you? Having Heyman stand there willy-nilly. <clears throat> um... And then maybe as Reigns gets close to walking, like, starts walking the ring, close to the ring, maybe have the Fiend hit a Sister Abigail or something to Braun, and then have or have you know Braun power slam the Fiend. The Fiend bounces out of the ring because the ropes are all down and stuff. He walks in there, spears Braun, pins Braun, grabs the title, pisses off. You know, all within 30 seconds, he's the champion. Heal Roman, wreck everyone and leave. That's all he needed to do. How does anyone not like this? This was awesome. I really enjoyed the end of this match. The start of it was just like any other no-holds-barred fight. Around, around the arena, punch, punch, kick, kick. Throw into this, throw into that, through a table, blah, blah, blah. The ending was great. Eo Roman did bugger all. Champion. That's heel shit. That's mad. 
that's something Edge in his heyday would have done. Really enjoyable. Um, yeah. Roman's the champ. Braun eats the pin again. The Fiend loses without getting pinned. Happy days. Happy days. That was payback. We had Raw the next night. Uh, Orton's opening promo was okay. Was good without being great. Um, I did like the fact that he confirmed that McIntyre calling him entitled is absolutely correct. And that he feels as such there shouldn't be a tournament series of matches to determine a number one contender. He should just get to be the challenger slash a champion. He said he'll play the game, he'll he'll do what he has to do and win it and yada yada yada. Um Keith Lee coming out, reminding Orton who won at payback was good. Kept it in the front of your mind. Well a casual viewer's mind, hardcore fan ain't gonna forget the night before, but casual viewer's mind that Lee beat Orton. And you want that to be front of people's mind. Going into the, the group of matches. Um, Ziggler ambushing Keith Lee, trying to get the upper hand. That was good chicken shit heel stuff. Um, I like that. Smaller man against a big man trying to get the upper hand. I really, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, Ziggler using sleeper holds and stuff. I actually thought was good because we've seen him do that sort of stuff in Raw Underground. So he brought that to the ring. Liked it. Um, it nearly worked. He actually had me going. He hit the zigzag. I'm like, oh shit, they're not going to have him beat Keith Lee, but no. Um, Lee countering the super kick into the spirit bomb. I really enjoyed that. Um, obviously, Keith Lee was the correct man to win this match. Victory over a former world champion just added to his resume. So Keith Lee advances to the triple threat at the end of the night to determine the challenger. Um, yeah. Good start to rule. I actually really enjoyed the uh, start to rule. Really easy watch. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Asuka demanding to know her next challenger. Uh, that works for me. I like that Asuka is a fighting champion. She demands, you know, in her position of power to know what's going on in regards to her title. <clears throat> I really enjoy that. Um, what I didn't enjoy is that Natty is now some pseudo uh, main boss that you got to go through to get to Oscar, but you got to go through Lana first. Why is Mickey this multi-time former women's champion having to go through Lana and Natalia to get a shot? Why? Is it because her husband and Bruce Pritchard don't get along? Why? Mickey's resume should put her near the top of the chain. Should put her a should put her a damn shot, damn sight, a lot higher up the list than Lana or Natalia. Well, Natalia's probably going to claim to be maybe level pegging. I don't mind those two battling it out for number one contender status. 
don't like Natty saying or Lana saying, oh, you got to go through me first. What's Lana done in the ring? I think, but it is what it is. I think Mickey will end up going on to Clash of Champions to fight us to, to battle Asuka. Doesn't matter how they get there. Don't really think they need to delve too far into this Lana and Natalia stuff with Mickey, but we'll see where it goes. See where it goes. Especially since Lana dominated a large chunk of this short match against Mickey. Mickey is so much better than Lana. It's not funny. But in the end, Mickey won. That's the main thing, I guess. I just didn't like the Lana so much. Mickey. Seeing Orton walk out of Alistair Black's locker room, that was, that was interesting. I was wondering where they were going to go with that. It was intriguing. Um, it made the match between Owens and Orton really must-see. You weren't already looking forward to it. You were before the commercial break. I really enjoyed that. Um, Black attacked Owens before the match. That was really good because the bell didn't ring. The match had never technically started. He beat the shit out of him. Threw him in the ring. Ref didn't want to start it. But Black uh, Owen said, yeah, yeah, I want to go, I want to go, go. And then, obviously, RKO late. Orton wins. It moved Orton on to the main event without breaking a sweat. And it saved another Orton-Owens match for later down. Really enjoyed that segment. And it also progressed the Alistair Black and Kevin Owens' story, which I, which is in its infancy, which I think is going to be really good moving forward. Um, Hurt Business versus Raiders and Cedric was just there. Just typical six man. Um, MVP needs to stop being in the ring so much. Maybe like once in a blue moon. But that's where I think a fourth member of Hurt Business will sort of come in handy. Maybe it's a Ricochet who turns heel and joins the Hurt Business instead of Cedric. Um, I think that would be the way to do it. But wait and see what happens. Because um, then, yeah, you could have Cedric and, and Shelton create a tag team. You could have Lashley be dominant US champion, then MVP peaceful. Stays out of the ring, talks a lot of shit, doesn't have to get in the ring. Um, I think that's personally how I would like to see them go with that. We'll see where they go with it. Um, Iconics vs. Riot Squad had a really weird stipulation. It came out of nowhere. Whoever lost had to disband. Why? Why? You've got a lack of tag teams. You then go and do what you did on SmackDown. Why? Silly, silly, but this match wasn't as good as their payback match. The, it didn't get as long, didn't have the story behind it, because um, you know, already established the story, payback, but um, Riot Squad win. They're number one contenders for the women's tag titles, I assume, at Clash of Champions. So, we're we getting Riot Squad versus Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax at Clash of Champions. Um, 
management seems to be really high on Peyton Royce. That seems to be why they've sort of transitioned um, the Iconics into a split, where the Billy Kay becomes this uh, comedy sort of um, character, and Peyton goes on to be this serious single star. Wait and see. That seems to be the route that they're going to go with all of this. Um, but yeah, the stipulation was weird. It came out of nowhere. I understand wanting it to be a number one contenders match, but the fact that team losing team had to split up was a little odd. It was meant to be Seth Rollins versus Ray, but Ray tore his triceps apparently, so he's probably out for a while if if not finished. Um, so Dom stands in was solid wasn't nowhere near as good as a SummerSlam match, opinion but this achieved what it was designed to Seth wins moves on to the main event um one or two moments where I thought Dom might actually well they're gonna pull off the opposite with Dom he's gonna win and then go into the main event and probably cop the pin there but um you know he hit the 619 has Rollins down goes for the frog splash Knees up into the tri into the stomp, um, but yeah, match was okay. Nowhere near as good as this SummerSlam, but it was okay. Um, Profits versus Andrade and Gaza again, the fifty fifth million time. Um, making this tornado tag didn't make it any more must see, but simply there. They have Demi at ringside, and then the Gaza to grab her, piss off, as soon as Retribution hit the ring. That was all this match was there for. Um, but in the end, the Retribution attack to me was underwhelming. Didn't progress overly far throughout the rest of the show. Um, Retribution is growing very stale very fast. Simply because the refusal to unmask or show who any of them are, and they keep using ring ins that are all different sizes. In the first week, they were all sort of five foot six, and they look like they were in middle school. Like, now you've got guys that look like Dijak and Dio Madden, you know, bigger guys. But. Where where are you going with this? Where are you going? We've waited for this to play out. It's playing out, but it's going around in circles. It's it's like watching a a one legged man trying to run away. He's not going anywhere. He's just going around in circles. This needs to progress. Otherwise, people are just gonna get bored of it. Gonna tune out when retribution's on the screens. Need to keep me viewers' mind active. Give them something fresh. Raw underground's the same. It needs to be given a purpose. They can't just have it and have people randomly fighting. And to me, that doesn't prove it doesn't do anything. Um, all it does at the moment is give people who aren't on the show a chance to be on the show. That's pretty much where where it is at the moment. Um, 
Titus beat up a few dudes. And then he fought Riddick Moss. Lost to a dick kick. Okay. Um, Jessamine Duke dominating was... Okay. Uh, Marina Shafir. Mrs. Roderick Strong, if you didn't know. Dominating. <laughs> Gave me a good laugh because she did it with a hat strapped around her neck. So I, I got a giggle out of that, but otherwise it was just, eh, whatever. Peyton, Peyton Royce throwing Billy to the wolves was swerve that nobody probably saw coming but it proves to me that management is higher on Peyton than Billy they see Billy as a joke act Peyton as a serious act that's right that was when it really hit her okay see something in Peyton which is fine she can go and Billy is the the joke act which is it's, if that's now they're going to go that's fine um the hurt business standing tall in real underground after everything so they've become like a pseudo end boss in raw underground which i personally don't mind um but make it work make it so in something so when someone like a you know for argument's sake if End goal is for Lesnar to walk in and challenge Lashley at some point. Make that your end goal to walk that. Or if it's someone like Drew McIntyre after he loses the title is going to walk in and challenge Lashley and the Hurt Business. Make that your end goal. Make sure you have an end goal to the Hurt. A final, a, a final boss of Raw Underground. Otherwise, it's just people doing burnout neighborhood in the background. Um, otherwise, it's just people randomly beating up other people to fill time on a three-hour TV show. To me, Raw Underground conveniently placed before the main event as sort of a come down where you pick back up again for the main event. Um, main event, three-way, winner becomes number one contender, really good match, um, I personally always thought Randy was winning, I didn't see them pinning Lee, so Rollins was, to me, always going to cop the pin, but in my mind going into this, I always had Orton pinning Rollins, it was just a matter of how they got there. How they got there was good fun. Um, Orton and Rollins actually sold like Mad Men for Keith Lee, which made him look really, really makes him look unstoppable to a certain point. Really liked that. The ending was good. They had Lee hit the spirit bomb on Seth. Then Lee got RKO'd, but instead of Orton going to pin Keith Lee, they go. Uh, Orton goes over and pins Seth. He doesn't trust that his RKO is going to keep Lee down long enough. So he goes pin Seth, who copped the big man's impact heavy artillery. That puts over Keith, Keith Lee's move, puts doubt on the RKO in regards to Keith Lee for Randy Orton. Orton wins. Orton goes on. Keith Lee's still unstoppable. Rollins loses nothing. 
Good stuff. Good. I really enjoyed. Raw was actually decent to watch. There was a lot of matches that we'd seen before, but it didn't seem to drag. There's a few points it felt like it dragged. I found it an easier watch this week than previous week. Good story progression, good main event. Um, yeah, you can't ask for much more. So that was a good, good show, good show. <clears throat> um, wasn't much to NXT, considering half of it was taken up by one match. Which I'm not going to go too much detail because we all saw what was. Um, the six man opener. I thought that was a really fun match. Um, Imperium coming out. I thought it was a bit overkill. Um, because you know, yeah, have three guys end up beating up on five in the end, which makes it a bit mm, for me. But the match itself was really enjoyable. Really good street fight. Um, I like, don't necessarily always like it, but in this instance it made sense. Like that Swerve pinned Escobar. But that progresses that story moving forward. I think, um, Wild and, oh, I can't think of the other guy's name. Uh, no, Mental Blank. Mental Blank. I think Legado del Fantasma will end up taking the titles from Brazango, but for now, Swerve and Escobar, it was a, this match was about moving that story forward. I think, I think at some point Legado del Fantasma will end up with all the titles, Cruiserweight and the tag, um, and that's fine. I'm happy with that. But this match actually was good fun to watch. Um, yeah, really enjoyable. Thatcher versus Reed was not much to it. Didn't really go very long. Austin Theory and Bronson Reed is the is the program moving forward apparently. Um, Thatcher seems to be going after Priest, which is which is fine. He's coming off a loss, but you know, you give him a few wins, people quickly forget about. It. It's fine. Yeah. Thatcher beat Reed off the Theory. Um, interfered, which is fine. Ah, uh, uh, the match. It was Candice LeRae, that's her name, and versus Casey Catanzaro. Shit, Candice should have won this easier. This shouldn't have been any sort of a fight. But what was really weird to me was the. The uh, promo after the match, you could barely hear her over some NXT trainees. Imagine if there was a live crowd there, you wouldn't hear her at all. She looked very timid in the way she spoke. Whether that was intentional or not, I don't know, but this promo wasn't it for me. It did nothing to progress the... Candace and Tegan's story did nothing for me in that respect. Candace is really good in the ring. We've seen her versus Shirai before. So I have no doubt that Candace versus Tegan will be really good. Just a matter of them getting there. 
having Candace invite Tegan over to her house doesn't really doesn't really do it for me. I'm sure there were people out there that liked it, and you know the match will be good when it happens. I have no doubt about that. It's just a matter of getting there without too much silliness. Like, um, and then you had the main event. Main event took up half. I said took up half the show. Sixty full blown minutes. Four of the best NXT have ever seen. Not, f I didn't say four. These four were the best. Said they're four of the best. Jim Bella, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. All of them have been NXT champion at one stage or another. I said in my preview how long they'd all been champions for. Cole, obviously the longest. Bella, second longest, I believe. Ciampa, third longest, never lost it. Johnny was only champ for seven days. Um... I initially thought there was going to be some chicanery in regards to countouts, no DQs, rah, 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 but they quickly established that there was no DQ, no countout, which initially told me that there wasn't going to be too many in this match, which was fine, which was fine. And I'll explain why after I go through them. But um, it was very obvious from the outset that this match was going to have um, extended breaks where you'd have two in the ring, two on the outside. That was always going to happen. Why wouldn't you? Four men, 60 minutes. And give people a break at, at points. Why wouldn't you do it? Early on, Johnny mocking Bala after a neck breaker with his finger guns was such heel shit. I love that. And then he followed it up by mocking Cole with the UE hand gesture. I, I giggled it all. It's funny. Um, I really enjoyed the spot where it was a pump kick from Cole to Gargano, net breaker, um, and then the death from the Death Valley drive position. I thought that was a good sequence. Um, there was a sequence there where Gargano ducked the Panama Sunrise attempt. Um, 1916 to Cole got stopped by Nenziguri from Gargano. Super kick by Cole to Gargano. And then the super kick was caught by Champa. Cole connects with a spinning Nenziguri to Champa. And then a knee strike by Champa to Cole. That was an amazing sequence. Awful. Um, Gargano took, later on, Gargano took Champa down face first, dragged him crutch first in the post. And then he went in, tried to sneak pin on both Cole and Bella. That was good smart heel work. Really like when my heel is smart and cunning like that. That's why I was such a fan of Edge back in the day. Um there was plenty of amazing sequences in this. Um shotgun drop kick to Champa, sending him through the barricade on the outside was was good. Adam Cole and Finn throwing up the two sweet, you know, two former bullet club leaders sharing a moment. That was pretty cool. Um 34 minutes remaining is when we saw our first pin, so 26 minutes in. Bella hit the coup de grace on Cole for the pin with 34 minutes remaining. So, uh, Bella goes one up, so one zero zero zero. Adam Cole takes a pin. Keep that in mind. Uh, Finn Bella saved Adam Cole from Champa taking him out, like he did take Jake Atlas out. To me, that made no sense. 
why would a guy save taken out of the match fully? Potentially. Let him take him out. Who cares? It's one less guy you gotta worry about. That made no sense. Um Champa hit the fairy tale ending on Bella, then Gargano threw Champa out of the ring, got the pin again. Smart, fantastic heel shit. Um, I like that. Johnny was doing his best work in this, in my opinion. Um, so 26 minutes remaining. Bello won, Gagano won, Cole none, Champa none. Uh, Gagano went for the spear through the middle ropes like he does, but he was super kicked, which leads to the Panama Sunrise for the pin. That was a good sequence. Cole got on the board, 24 minutes remaining. Bello won, Cole won, Gargano won, Champa zero. At this point, I was like, Gargano. At this point, in my head, I was thinking, because I hadn't read any spoilers, didn't know anything going in. I stayed off Twitter for a whole day to be able to watch this uninterrupted. At this point, I was like, Maso Champa getting a pinfall five minutes. The last five minutes is going to be this massive sprint. It's going to be amazing. Um, Double Willow's Bell DDTs was cool. As was Gargano's story, um, selling of that. Stayed hung over the the ropes and didn't move. It was so good. It's now Johnny's uh, Twitter profile pic, I think. Check it. Um, um, but he didn't move. He grabbed Chumper grabs Cole. It's a fairy tale ending on Cole. Gets him on the board. And squares this one up with 22 minutes remaining, which is not the way I thought they'd So with 22 minutes remaining, all four guys on one fall apiece. Um, the visual of all four men standing in the ring with 21 minutes left, pain all over their face, was was a good visual. It was a bit of an emotional visual. Um, it stays etched in your brain. Some, stuff like that in these sort of matches. Good. <clears throat> I think they could have maybe done this later with less time so instead of maybe with five minutes to go Champa get the pin with 10 minutes to go and then they stand around for a minute they're all each other off sucking in their last breath then last 10 minutes sprint that would have been a really good way to go about it but nitpicking um in the ring you're dueling forearms double close line battles the spot on the outside where Cole and Gargano hit dueling super kicks didn't look right. They should have just stopped it at the double clothesline. Super kicks, it didn't even look like Johnny's landed. It looked a bit odd, a bit off. But, um, Heel Champa back, sitting on the apron, clapping himself, patting himself on the back, yelling, I'm back. I love that. Champa fan, love it. Um, for me, Tommaso wasn't working as this fan-friendly baby face, but he naturally had to come back as that because of the emotional story with him having to give up the so with the the broken neck, yada yada. Um, but he needs to transition back to that full-blown asshole, aggressive heel that he was before he left. That's when. Champa does his best work, in my opinion. Um, and 
if he's going to be champion again, that's the Champa that needs to be champion. Happy go lucky. Oh, I come back earlier because I'm machine. No, just say I came back earlier because I'm the fucking man. Best. Um. This match went on and on. Um. So down the stretch, Bella hit the coup de gras and got a fall with 12 seconds left, which was then with Bella on his knees thinking he'd won it. And then Adam Cole comes right from behind, hits him with a last shot to get a pin with one second remaining. To me, to me, my opinion, I really enjoyed the ending. I liked the ending. A lot of people didn't like the ending because, oh, we didn't get a definitive winner. We have to wait till next week. I guarantee you, your favorite TV shows have all had cliffhangers at some point and you've had to wait a whole week. I'm sure you can wait a whole week to find a champion. You'll be right. I really enjoyed the ending. Um, spoilers were apparently out that they were going to go with a tired ending. Hmm. Having the two longest reigning champions finish tied, I think, is the way to go about it. Either we're going to have these two tied, or you're going to have Gargano and Champa tied. That was the only way to sort of go, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. So we ended with Bella and Cole tied at two, Gargano and Champa tied at one. Next week, we get Bella versus Cole. Sudden death. One fall to a finish to decide the new NXT champion. It has since come out that this match will open, open the broadcast on Super Tuesday 2. So this is not going to be one of those, oh, they're going on with 45 minutes left in the show remaining. you got no idea how long this is going to go. This could go five minutes. This could go... An hour and 20. We've got no idea because this is opening the show. And I hope you I hope that they borrow from AEW on this. They go into the arena, the announcers do their thing, they go to the ring, boom, guys are in there. Introductions, let's go. We don't need to see their entrance, we don't need this big fanfare. In the ring, ready to go. Hold up, do the introductions, hold up the title, let's go. That's what I want. Um, yeah, as I said, Bella and Cole are the two right guys. My only gripe with the finish is I would have liked to have seen something. Could have done with something a little different. You know, Bella versus Champa would have been, you know, a fresher matchup. Um, but Cole versus Bella, perfectly fine. The match would be fine. It would be good. We get a new champion. I'm happy with either guy winning. I'm not a huge Bella fan, but he's money to the casual view. That's probably where i think they'll go but it wouldn't surprise me if i think he could do with a champ even if he was champ for 400 odd days uh -huh. back down the latest of the shows because that was on today depending on where you were in the world um roman and Heyman come out this was a really good opening segment this is 
only thing about here Roman for me is needs new music and a new Tron video. Don't have the same old stuff from when he was Oh I'm Roman Reigns. I'm the big dog, I'm going to beat everybody. No. You're gonna have this new badass attitude. I want new badass music, new badass video thing behind you. I need all that new. All of it. Um adding pyro to when Roman stands in the ring with the title, you know, just stands there, title up, pyro going off, that that's that's cool. Makes gives it that WrestleMania type feel because he always gets WrestleMania. Um, Roman standing in the ring, stone face, no BS. It's the title draped over his shoulder with Heyman standing behind him, looking over his around his shoulder because Heyman's tall. Was so good, so good. It made Roman look like this. Stone face killer that will just destroy you as soon as someone steps out of line. That was to me so good. Now I saw some things on online. They're like, "Oh, Roman's facials didn't look like he was invested." Roman doesn't need a look on his face. Roman was meant to stare into the abyss. You know, he. he doesn't need to do anything. He just stands there and looks intimidating because he's this big Samoan guy with you know muscles on muscles and he just destroys people. That's all you need. That's all he needs to do. Doesn't need anything else. Um, Heyman with the you could Heyman with the change of voice, um, real serious tone. None of this over the top. Um. <clears throat> Bits added on top, just serious tone, no BS behind his voice. A bit of theatre added to the persona of Reigns. I really enjoyed that. Um, Heyman uh, giving reason why Reigns is has come back. How he's come back to me was really good. Um, he feels unappreciated by the way he was treated when he had to vacate the title originally and leave due to <clears throat> life-threatening illnesses. Vacating the title, um, says that Heyman hasn't corrupted Reigns. Instead, it's the other way around. People won't believe that, but that's exactly how it is. Now, this I said earlier that I didn't like how they used Matt Riddle's apparent or whatever adultery in the storyline between him and Corbin. This is an example of using real life issues making sense of it in a story because he did he vacated the title he went off to battle leukemia fans shit all over him for not wanting to be at main because of that so now he's pissed off about it oh that's fine that, it makes perfect sense that nothing else needs to be said I giggled so hard when Paul Heyman said Corey Graves is just Carmella's latest boyfriend. And the look Corey Graves had on his face was so fucking funny. Oh man, that was amazing. Um, the fact that they're calling Heyman the special counsel for the tribal chief. You're raising 
defending an undisputed universal heavyweight champion. That is a spot-on analogy for what Heyman is and needs to be. They don't need to overcomplicate it. They just, that's perfect. That's it. No more. Special counsel for the tribal chief. Roman looks like a fucking tribal chief. A fucking weapon. This opening promo or segment of SmackDown was so damn good. And then Roman just gets the stick. Says, I don't care who wins tonight's main event to face me at Clash of Champions. Because when you have the power that I do, all you got to do is show up. Man, this was good. So good. Everything about this opening segment was so good. If you want to be nitpicky, maybe with Heyman in his corner, Reigns doesn't need to be speaking at all. But that's nitpicky. Otherwise, everything about this was so good. So good. <clears throat> and then we transgress after the commercial break to Miz and Morrison versus Heavy Machinery. Um, Miz and Morrison have an amazing so I really enjoy their entry. makes me smile. Um, match, so disinterested. It wasn't fun. Um, but it's a standard WWE. It was what happened after the match that I was interested They had Morrison um, run away with Otis's briefcase, which was, to me, was funny. Um, got me to thinking, so where are they going with this? Like, is Morrison going, is Otis going to have to defend the briefcase? Is, where are they going with this? That's what had me interested. I really, really was liking being interested because... To me, that was a way they could transition the case to someone like get it off Otis, transition it to someone like Morrison, who would be more than capable of carrying that, more than capable of potentially becoming Universal Champion at some point. Morrison as Money in the Bank is more believable than Otis at this point in time. So I was hoping. Oh, maybe this will become a thing and Otis will have to defend it or something, anything. Rather than him carrying around the briefcase and the fucking lunchbox. Anyway. Well, anyway. Uh, Seamus destroying Big E backstage was so good. So good. That beatdown was so good. Especially the white noise on the windscreen of the car. That was flush. That landing was snug. So good. Um, Seamus is promo stating that Big Edge jocularity is what gets him into those positions. Good piece of storytelling because they keep harping on the that Big E needs to be serious. The people are trying to push him to be serious. To me, that's good storytelling because you know in the end, Big E is going to keep being him, going to get to the point where he's going he's to overcome the odds, he's going to get to where he needs to be by being himself and it's going to be hallelujah big e woohoo that's where they're going to go with this we all know this but how they get there that's the interesting part good piece of the story there um 
here's where the unpopular opinion is going to come in, but bear with me here. Sasha and Bailey versus Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. This match was every bit as entertaining as their payback match for mine. The Golden Role Models controlled the first half, and Shayna and Nia took over. After Sasha hit the ring post on the apron with a meteora after Baszler moved. The sound that made was fucking disgusting. It sounded like she actually hurt herself. Hence, well, I don't know if later on she was selling or whether she's hurt. I, I, I don't know. We'll find out in due time, but I actually... I don't know. I really don't. But anyway, um... But in the end, Baszler, <clears throat> um, Baszler and Nia took took over down the stretch. Um, it looked like um, Baszler was going to get the win with the same combination as she did a payback, but you know, good storytelling showed that Bailey, yeah, Bailey had that scouted and hit her with a belly to belly, reversed it. So, back and forth, back and forth. Nia hitting a double pin was mm, probably not necessary. Nia pinning just Sasha would have made more sense with what happened after than a double pin, in my opinion, but nitpicky. Um, I've gone back and watched the Sasha and Bailey, or the Bailey attacking Sasha about four or five times. And it still doesn't hit for me it i didn't like it there's your unpopular opinion it, it i've been waiting for this turn for weeks slash months slash years and then on a random episode of smackdown with sasha already injured bailey attacks her How how is it possible to have Bailey randomly attack Sasha or vice versa when you've been teasing this for so long? How can how is the turn so random when you've been teasing this for so long? The stuff on the outside of the ring, Bailey looked so timid in what she was doing. It was like she wasn't fully investing. Is is was that is that part of the plan? She gonna, you know, I'm happy for it to play out and her to come out later and say, oh, you know, I did what I did, but at the start, I was, but then I'm like, oh, now I really got into it, which would make sense because once they got back in the ring, Bailey was a lot more confident and she was aggressive and really assured of what she was doing. But all in all, didn't hit for me. This feud should be absolute Spire of the Dragon breathing fire shit straight out the chute. And to me, eh, it's not. Happy to let it play out. I'm not going to sit here and say, I'll be one of those people and say, oh, this was shit. It wasn't shit. A lot of people liked it. I just personally didn't feel hitted at the level 
that it probably needed or should have. That's just my opinion. I have no doubt the match itself, when it happens, will be all of the fire emoji. Because it's, it will be. It can't not be. They're too good a talent not for it to be. But the question now becomes, does Sasha stay off TV until the Rumble? I personally think Sasha stays off TV for a little bit. And I think after something that sinister, or, you know, in the eyes of most, that sinister, I think this needs to be the Hell in a Cell event. Put them in the cage, last match, give them 30 to 40 minutes to just kick the shit out of each other. Just let them have at it. Let them go. Have Bailey against fucking anybody at Clash of Champions. Doesn't matter. She's gonna win anyway. You'd burst. Fucking Lacey Evans, who cares? Hell in a Cell for me is where this needs to go. People say, oh, hold it off to Mania, hold it off to Mania. Oh, what for? Strike while the iron's hot. Don't let this thing cool off. In a lot of people's eyes, this thing is red hot out the gate. Strike while it is hot. Give it a little bit of time. Make Bailey come out and spruik off. I took Sasha out. I took Sasha out. Keep it front and center of everyone's mind for a little bit. And then have Sasha come back. Attack Bailey. Or whatever. And then main event of Hell in a Cell. Put him in the cage. Fucking let him go. That's where I would go. That's where I would go. Uh... Sami Zayn coming out with the Intercontinental title. <laughs> it's, it's obvious where we're going with this, but it's so much fun to get there. Sami Zayn comes out with his title. Talk to the production truck. Tracks his shits because he's not introduced as the IC champion, nor is he, does his graphics say IC champion. So he gets the shits on, which is funny. Because he's got this ridiculous looking hair like I've got right now due to bloody COVID restrictions and not having any fucking barbershops open and then you got Jeff Hardy who in WWE's eyes is the actual champion so you got Sammy who has a legit claim to still being champ because he never actually lost the damn thing Jeff who in WWE's eyes is, is the champ you got AJ who feels slighted because Jeff hit him with a, a knee brace that he wouldn't normally wear so he feels cheated um this segment was like three minutes. It achieved everything it needed to. You got Sammy, the slimier of the two heels, getting the last shot and slithering away with his his belt, which is fine. Um, I don't feel that AJ necessarily needs to be involved in this. I think this would probably hit on a higher level if you got Jeff, the actual champ, Sammy, the champ who never lost it, and just have them come together to have a match. I'm not mad that AJ's in there because AJ's good, but I don't think he necessarily needs to be in there. But again, 
we're obviously headed towards a triple threat at Clash of Champions. It's no doubt going to be amazing because all three are really good. But yeah, it's just a matter of how we get there. Clearly, this is how we're going to get there. But for the love of God, please, 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 don't do another ladder match. I've seen enough. Just normal, regular triple threat. Let them go 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. Mm, magic, you know. Um, Oda showing Tucker that the contract is actually in the lunchbox and not in the briefcase. Why? Why do we need to see this? Is it to, to show us that we that they know Otis is still the money in the bank holder? And then they pan to Morrison and Miz, and Morrison opens a case, and it's got a sandwich and a stapler and all sorts of rubbish in there. Hero was excited this was going to lead to this angle where Otis was going to have to defend it, and this is what we get. Why? Why? Oh well. Yeah, they allowed me to believe, not for an hour, but Otis is still money in the bank. WWE will continue f to forget about it. And maybe one day they'll shock us all and he'll, he'll cash it in and Reigns will probably spear him once and that'll be that. Huh? Wait and see. Otis was never a good choice, in my opinion, for money in the Could have been anybody except him. Anyway. Um, Reigns telling Jey Uso that his brother would win, that Roman has won everything, and now it's time for Jey to go get his good. It lit a fire under Jey that maybe wasn't originally there. But that was good. I really enjoyed that. Um, like how Reigns is talking with this really soft tone, really calm tone. It's borderline that you can't hear. And it's always worrying. Quiet one. That's where they're going. That subtle touch. Character tweak. Really good. Um, the Firefly Funhouse pops up. Bray's ability to address the fiend losing his favorite toy, but then move on so quickly and not harp on it, is so good. He is so good at what he does, Bray. It's just mind blowing how good that guy is at what he does. Uh, Alexa is not so subtly changing to a heel. And last week the pigtails came back. This week they had like a, a dreadlock through the middle of them. You had Rambling Rabbit in the background there chilling out. Yeah, we saw you. Um, one thing I didn't get. Before all of that happened, Riddle comes out. And then they start the match. And then they go to commercial. And then they come back from commercial. The backstage segment with Roman and Jay, then the fun house, and then the Alexa Nikki stuff. It made it so hard for me to invest in the match early days. I got into it once they were going, sort of a couple of minutes. 
but it took me those few minutes to get interested in the match because they started it and then they stopped why why did they do that they could have done all that other stuff before this match started sorry for the four-way match was actually really good it was entertaining all four men got their stuff in um, the ending was cleverly done that Sheamus hit Corbin with a bro kick riddle with a very sloppy bro to sleep which missed by a mile um a floating bro which he barely hit Sheamus with but as soon as he landed the floating bro Jey Uso hits the splash on riddle gets the pin right ending pin in the right guy really really good stuff Sheamus didn't need to win because he's continuing with Big E. We didn't need to see Corbin and Rain again. Big E got taken out, so he wasn't involved in any way, shape, or form in the ending of this match. <clears throat> Jey Uso pins Riddle. Riddle's not yet ready for that. So, oh, um, Jey Uso versus Roman for the title of Clash of Champions. That's fine. No problem with that. That was where I was headed at the start of the show. People want different. They get it with this. They still complain because it's not what they wanted. I don't think people know what they want sometimes. But um, I think this might have been a condition of Roman coming back when he did. Um, he wanted to work with a family member. Make, might make him feel a bit safer or something like that. I don't know. Um, but um, Jay's aftermatch promo was hard to hear or get invested in simply because he was blowing up so bad. Just, uh, uh, uh. Um, but the part I did understand was he welcomed Roman to lockdown at the Uso Penitentiary, which basically he's willing to do anything to to beat him. In my eyes, that's fine. Um, but whether it's actually going to end up being that Roman will sink to any lows to make sure that he wins or whether this becomes a an alliance with Heyman leading Roman and the Usos and maybe Naomi at some point, I don't know. I don't know, but I tune into Clash of Champions to find out. Um, and that was the aim. Of this, I guess. But yeah, back then it was actually really good. Apart from the opening tag and a few of the backstage segments, really good show. A lot of WWE programming is really good. At its moments, obviously, as it always does. But all in all, I thought it was actually really good programming. Ah, AEW. Uh, good brawl to start the show between Santana Ortiz and the best friends. I like how AEW doesn't pull any punch. Do their pyro and introductions and all that shit and straight into it. Yeah, Santana and Ortiz, yeah, their music hits and they were going to do their entrance, but then they get jumped and into the match. Good stuff. I like that there was a brawl before the actual bell rang and they beat the shit out of each other, but. Um, the spot before the match where Santana flipped Chucky T off the stage on the three chair set up on the floor. It was really good. It looked like it would have freaking hurt. Um, 
Ortiz later on held held Trent's foot. And Santana just shoulder charges the shit out of him. And he lands on top of the base of the steel ring steps. That was sick. I really enjoyed that spot too. I love that they made or the proud and powerful cheated to win. It puts over the fact that they are steel heels, do anything to get back on track. Um and I love that the they they hit um hit with the baton straight into the street sweeper, got the pin. They didn't hit with the baton or oh, close two count, then do the finisher. No, baton shot, finisher, bang. Really enjoyed that. Uh Young Bucks coming out. No posing, no jocularity, all business. That's that's just a subtle reminder that they're still pissed about last week's event the hangman they are pissed they work the match angry would be a you know a nod to the maybe they're turning heel maybe they're not who knows um the guy with the sign at ringside was clearly a plant fans aren't allowed that close it was dumb unnecessary not on um jungle boy hit an angle slam and it was tight i really enjoyed his angle. i like that the bucks are using the kamagoye finisher um it's something different for them it's less flippy flippy it's more aggressive um again is that another subtle hint where we're going with this story i don't know but we'll wait and see we'll wait and see um tully and ftr talking backstage just Open up the the tag title match coming. Um, I am here for FTR to become tag champs, but whether it happens at all out, I don't know. Uh, Omega's out for an interview, wearing a Hanukkah shirt for a birthday. Oh, yeah. Magically, life after some on rolling. Kenny obviously is very close with a lot of the Japanese women stars. Due to his time in Japan, um, but he wearing the shirt on her birthday was class. Clearly, you could see the emotion on his face as he came out. Um, clearly, an emotion, but he pushed through, as all pros do. Uh, Kenny calling FDR dickhead hillbillies was amazing, and that to me is also another potential sort of nod. To where we're going with Kenny Omega, I think he might be the the heel in all this, but we'll wait and see. Hangman's makeup was stunning. Whoever did that, whether it was Stella K or whoever else, that's an amazing job. It looked like he hadn't slept not only a week, looked like he hadn't slept for about a year. It was really good makeup work, really good, really good. Um. FTR insinuating the page is a piece of shit was great. Um, the story as a whole, FTR, Hangman, Omega, The Bucks, you have no idea where they're going with it. There's so many paths that this story could take or go down. Or As I said last week, if you can accurately tell me how this story ends and how they get there, then you are the one writing the script because no one can accurately say which way this is going to go. No one. 
And that's the best part about all this. Sit back, you enjoy, and you watch it play out. Amazing stuff. Um, Jericho stated that his rivalry with Cassidy has stretched across 14 weeks. That's not a good thing, man. That's not a good thing. Why? Because it's felt like it's gone for every single one of those 14 weeks. This has gone on too long. All Out must be the end. And then they need to away from each other for a very long very long very long but hearing fans belt out Judas again made the world feel normal if only for a few seconds it's music to my ears music to my ears and people will say oh they shouldn't have fans they shouldn't have fans there them as a business how they choose to run their organisation that's up to them People choose to attend their shows. That's on them. I live in a different country. I can only watch and listen and hear what they provide. They've provided that. So hearing fans belt out Judas to me, chef's kiss. Janela was the right person to put in this position with Jericho. Jericho Janela was all it needed. Established that Jericho is actually still really dangerous, even at his age. And they busted Janela up and made OC sit ringside. Why OC sat at ringside so long for? No idea. But he eventually got in the ring. Bit of a bit of a biff on. AEW has this weird obsession. Mid show with pouring liquid on their canvas. It's really strange. Throughout all this OC Jericho stuff, we've had mm, fucking bubbly and orange juice and more bubbly this week. We just poured all over the ring mid-show. Aye. People still got to work in there. That's it's weird to me. All Out must be the end of Jericho and Cassidy. Someone's going to win. Someone's going to lose. In this weird match type Jericho has provided. It has to end. It's gone too long. The Hardy and Guevara segment. I watched Dynamite without ads. I can only assume that this was during picture in picture because it was basically a mute segment Guevara had the, the cue cards out which is his shtick I think it's funny as well Hardy was standing on I don't know was it a truck or something up there um, but he did the, the, the delete delete you could clearly hear the fans were chanting it they recepted to it just makes you just makes you Think how good it would have been for him to debut AEW with fans. That's what it just, just makes you think. But that's I don't even know if that's like a, a personal rivalry. Has that gone beyond professional? Is that full blown personal rivalry that now? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But 
if they get time at all out, that match could be really good. And we'll wait and see what goes on with that. Um, the Casino Battle Royal segment uh, was just a typical brawl to hype the match. Everyone came out. Um, there's a lot of moving parts to the match, though. You know, they teased Starks and Allen that they're obviously going to eliminate each other or something along those lines. They teased Cage versus Lance Archer. Also teased uh, Jake Hager versus Lance Archer. So we'll see what goes on there. And obviously the feud between Proud and Powerful and Best Friends is going to flow into this match as well. Um, Proud and Powerful versus Best Friends I think deserved a spot on the All Out card. They could have had the Bucks and Jurassic Express versus Private Party and SCU earlier in the night. That could have been a match to put the winner of that, the four guys going to the Casino Battle Royal. They fight each other on the card. Proud and Powerful vs. Best Friends could have had, you know, some sort of first ever tag team cage match on on pay-per-view or something. That would have been cool. Here's what it is. Uh, Dark Order, in my opinion, arguably one of the most over-factions in pro wrestling right now. However, you cannot help but feel that the TNT title being slighted by not being defended at the biggest pay-per-view year if Cody was still champion would there be a TNT title match I would say so but instead we get this eight-man tag with the Dark Order versus the Natural Nightmares Cardona Scorpio Sky one thing I did like in the promo package was Cardona saying I don't even work here. I've got nothing to lose. That's a nice touch to put over how dangerous he can be in this match. I think he probably gets the pin on someone. Or Cabana maybe. I, I, don't, I don't know. But that to me was a nice touch. Thunder Rosa vs Serena D was a good introduction for people who have never seen Thunder Rosa work. <clears throat> she has an aura about her because she is awesome um, but Serena didn't disgrace herself in this match at all this match was really good, really competitive for anyone who doesn't know Serena Deeb is the lady that got her head shaved bald by CM Punk all those years back as part of the Straight Edge Society but people probably already knew that Thunder Rose's dropkick, running dropkicks to the midsection, they're just a thing of beauty. As is her finisher, the Fire Thunder Driver, that's a thing of beauty as well. Uh, Moxley cut a promo, trying to awaken the monster inside MJF. This Moxley drives, we all know this. Um, Moxley reminded MJF that everything he's done has been the easy part. The hard part comes this Saturday, trying to take him. Um, Baker and Big Swole segment it finally achieved what it was meant to, but 
the pizza shtick wasn't necessary. It didn't need it didn't need Rebel as a as a pseudo pizza delivery person. That was just I don't know, it was hokey, it was silly, didn't need the stuff with Baker super kicking her and finally seeing Baker out of a, a wheelchair is good. That's that's great. You get the match on Saturday. But you can clearly tell that Britt Baker is not a hundred percent. So doing a cinematic match and the match they're doing it all out, they could probably hide that a little bit. She's clearly not a hundred percent. It was good to see her actually walking the crutches without the well, she might have been using the crutch because she had one. It was good to see her outside of a wheelchair, that's for sure. Um, the main event, Mox praying. <laughs> uh, Mox praying for forgiveness for what he was about to do to Mark Sterling it was so funny. I don't know why I laughed so hard at that. It was just funny. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Mark Sterling is on the, the Matt Cardona, Brian Mox major figure podcast whatever it is um he's of that fame he's had he's a pro wrestler he's trained i think he's done enhancement appearances on on raw stuff before i've seen pictures. otherwise i don't know too much about him but um the patch was what it was it was more than even silliness jocularity Mox won with the paradigm shift, which I don't know was I don't know how to feel about that because he can't use it at all out. Should he have put a submission on Sterling and made MJF think, "Oh shit, I've made the wrong decision in banning the paradigm shift when this could be my future"? Uh, I'm still not sure how to feel about the ending. Moxley using a move that he can't use Saturdays, and it doesn't really send him a fearful message to your opponent. It's like, yeah, okay, you hit it on the lawyer, but you're banned from using it against whatever. I don't care, whatever. But it was always going to happen. Wardlow takes out Mox, hits the F10, which to me, Wardlow, you need a new finisher, dude. That is not. Doesn't look like it hurts. It just looks like you put a, putting someone on a mirror. But MJF comes out with the 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 walker, throws it, takes the uh, the neck collar off. Uh, the beatdown was good. I really enjoyed the beatdown. The visual, the blood, and MJF smearing it on his face was good. But the ending visual of the show, just a shitty camera work. But the visual of MJF with his Stylish shoe on Mox's throat with the blood on his face. MJF holding up the title. Really good. It's, makes you think, oh wow, this guy can do it. He's a chance this weekend. But yeah, Wardlow needs a better finisher. What else I really enjoyed was Wardlow. As he picked up the title to hand to MJF, stood there and just stared at it. He's like, hmm. Hmm, I like the look of this. So, when the time's right, Wardlow will go after it. Uh, make no mistake about that. But yeah, it was a good go home show. It wasn't great. 
wasn't fantastic, wasn't screaming from the rooftops, have to watch it, oh my god. Um, but it's good to see that it looks like the world title is going to main event their biggest show, rather than the tag title. <clears throat> That's how it should be. That's how it should be for mine. But yeah, whew, finally got through five shows of the week. Woo! Got all out later today, tonight, wherever you live. It's in about six and a half, seven hours, I think. Might go to bed at some point in between there. Quickly go through my predictions. Private Party versus the Dark Order is your pre-show match. I don't know why this couldn't have been Private Party versus SCU, considering that two teams that lost to the Bucks. Dark Order on Dynamite. That would have made more sense in my opinion, but um I I personally personally like you know, the, the Dark Order. Um I, I think that Reynolds and Silver are a really good tag team. It's just annoying that AEW have them as a pseudo comedy act. I know they're a comedy act on on BTE, I know that's what they do on there, but in ring they're better than they're allowed to be showcased on W, and that's kind of annoying to be honest. Uh, I think Private Party will win, fortunately. But I would really like to see Silver and Reynolds go on a run, elevate. Because yeah, I think they're really good. Baker and Big Swole, tooth and nail match. Apparently this is going to be cinematic. Um, it's going to take place in Brit's dental office. Well, <laughs> dental office. Being cinematic, this will enable them to sort of hide um, Brit's uh, deficiencies with what she's missed in in-ring time and injury and so forth, but... This match has been so well built for the most part over months and months. And months. People complained that this was on the pre-show. Why is this on the buy-in? Oh, the women of AW get nothing. Oh, shut the fuck up. Tony Khan listened. It's on the main card. Enjoy. Um, I think Baker wins because I think she will then become next in line. The women's champion later on. Whoops. Where my prediction for the match? Um. I think she'll go on to face the, the champion. She's fully ready to go. But I think Baker wins and takes the feud. Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara, broken rules match. Essentially last man standing match, but can't call it that. Uh, if Hardy loses, he must leave AEW. Does that mean... Normally, I would say that's a given that Matt Hardy will win this match. But Matt Hardy has that many gimmicks and personas that Matt Hardy could leave AEW. But Broken Matt could stay. Big Money Matt could stay. Matt Hardy's a smart man. He's probably got about two or three other gimmicks in the can ready to go. So... I'm going to say Sammy's going to win. 
Matt Hardy will disappear and a different character of Matt will appear at some point in time. Uh, the Bucks and Jurassic Express, pretty quick one. The Bucks will win. I can't see them lose pay-per-view because why should they even though i think jurassic express would be a good shout tag champs at some point so are the bucks they've never been. and you've got to look towards bucks versus ftr at some point so bucks for mine a man tag dark order which is Brody lee cole cabana uno and Stu grayson versus natural nightmares matt cardona and scorpio sky um, whew. I think the Dark Order win. No, actually, I don't lie. <clears throat> I said earlier who I think will win. I think Cardona pins maybe Colt Cabana. Maybe. Because either that or Brody Lee pins QT or Dustin. One of those two. But Matt Cardone is not going to get pinned. The Scorpio Sky. Brody Lee is not going to get pinned. Uno or Grayson might get pinned. So if Cardone gets the win, he might pin Uno or Grayson, maybe. But <clears throat> I think if you're going to build Cardone up as a challenger to Brody Lee, he needs to get the pin. So I'm going to say that Cardona, Scorpio Sky, and Natural Nightmare get the win. Which will make this a very bad night for the Dark Order. Cheetah uh, versus Thunder Rosa. Boy oh boy, I hope they give them about 20-25 minutes to shut everybody up. Because these two women could tear the roof off Daily's place. I think Cheetah's going to win, because I don't see them putting the title on a one match in AEW talent even if that talent is as good as Thunder Rose is I don't see it happening I have no doubt that this match will rule but I Cheetah stage champ moves on to face Brit at some point where Brit will become champion and get her revenge for a broken nose that's what I'm saying Omega and Paige versus FTR for the Tag Team Championships. For the longest time, I was convinced FTR is winning. Now, I'm not as sure, but I still think they are winning. Think. Think the Bucks are going to post omega and page the match by doing some dodgy shit to page um and then i think kenny also turns on page and the elite because your faction but in summary i think ftr if this wasn't over books like i think i just said it might be prefer ft Naturally, they could do the heel stuff after them. You could have FTR win, celebrate, they walk off. The Bucks come out, 
kick Paige's head off and then Omega joins in on the fun. They could do that after the match. But I think and I want FTR to win. You need a legit tag team as your tag champs. Omega and Paige can go on singles thing probably against each other. But FTR for me to win. Uh, Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. Mimosa Mayhem. This feud needs to end. And I think it will. It will. It has to end. I think Cassidy wins. My only fear. Cassidy wins by throwing Jericho in the Mimosa tank. I want OC to get a definitive pinfall on Jericho. To cement that he wins the feud. Then chuck him in the tank of Mimosa. By the way, this match, so stupid. Why not have, these two don't like each other, bad blood. You know, there's been blood throughout this feud. Put them in a cage, keeps the inner circle out, it keeps best friends. Put them in a damn cage or something. Don't need spooky fucking shit. Anyway, their first match was decent, their second match was average. I don't is going to be probably hokey OC will win he wins the feud Jericho puts over him talent that he probably never ever thought he'd put over um and that's how I think this goes Moxley versus MJF Moxley is banned from using his paradigm shift and it's AEW chip for the longest time, I was convinced that MJF was going to be the main event all out. <clears throat> going back as far as June, I was convinced this was your all out main event. Here we are. Here we are. Hey, I even wrote an article out there somewhere about it. I wrote an article about it somewhere. Uh, well, here we are Moxley vs MJF AW world title main event all that as I said it would be I also at that time said MJF needs to win the world title at all against Moxley still think that but I don't know if I'm not as certain that that's how it's going to happen. Moxley's reign has been fine, but it has suffered from a lack of crowd, in my opinion. But now that fans are starting to come back, you can hear the reaction he's garnering and the fans eat him up. They fucking love the guy. And they hate MJ. But the reason I would have MJF win, it's because their product was so much better when Jericho was world champion. Because their product works better with a heel world champion. There's no better heel in 
AEW or pretty much all of pro wrestling, then M. He needs to. Whether he does or not, I don't know. But I'm predicting predicting MJF by hook or crook becomes AEW world champion tomorrow. Well, at least that's what I'm hoping for a present. It's on a Sunday. The Sunday. And this is on the Father's Day. Yeah, that's my predictions. The all out um nine main card matches and um one pre-show it's a lot it's a lot of matches just like i've done a lot of talking <sighs> getting tired now so go to bed i might get up do the fight thing it'll be time for for all out and then probably be back again tomorrow with some sort of video covering all out because that's what you do when you open up a channel and you want to cover this stuff but yeah that was the the week in wrestling with a bit of a bit of rambling at the start sorry if i offend anyone or annoyed anyone with my inherent rambling at the start but yeah the the negativity stuff is it gets a bit full on some you need to remember that the people put their health and safety on the line especially during pandemic weird time for our entertainment especially wwe they could have seriously shut up shop so many times with how many cases they've had and not wanting it to come out so on so forth but we just need to appreciate what what they're putting out is the best that they can do right now i learned a long time ago that vince knows that people are going to watch his product anyway so he doesn't necessarily need to put out storyline time because even if you whinge and bitch online or on your youtube whatever you're doing he knows you're still going to tune in next those same people at the start of my show that i said whinged and bitched and demanded their nxt back rah 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 vince knows you're watching next week and he knows you're going to watch the week after. And the week after that. So. He knows. He knows you're going to watch. As much as you say you don't like it. You're still going to watch. But. All out's on in a few hours. It's. It's, it's got a stacked card. It. It should be good. There's no reason for it not to be. If you like AEW, watch it. If you don't like AEW, don't watch it. You've got nothing better to do on a Saturday night and you want some wrestling on, watch it. Otherwise, well, your boy will be back and I will give it a rundown at some point. 
hopefully tomorrow, but being Father's Day, I have to do the, the Father's Day thing. We'll see how we go. Yeah. Oh, in other news, which was back on a New Japan Strong, which was good, taking out flip, flip, flip. So, Jay White back in the house, always good. Wait till these border restrictions lift, and then you can go back and get after get after the uh, the main the main titles, which I look forward to. But yeah. Oh, nearly two hours of talking the week that was. Hopefully I haven't bored anyone by now. Yeah, that was Payback, that was Raw, that was NXT, that was SmackDown, that was AEW, and that was my prediction. I will be back with an all-out review show at some point. And then next week I'll be back with my weekly show that hopefully won't because we won't have a payback pay-per-view that we will only have Raw NXT SmackDown because I've already done an all-out review because it's a big pay-per-view it deserves it. So yeah, enjoy, be happy, be safe, wear your masks, all that good stuff, stay healthy. That's all we can do. Lift each other up. Let's stop being negative and stop being assholes to each other. Let's just try to take some good out of this shitty year because the year's been horrible. Horrible, and there's no guarantees next year. Before I go, Check out the guys over at Bodyslam.net. They're doing some really good things, trying to make their way. Um, Cass is the owner. Chris, the lead editor. Um, they're doing some really good stuff. They're trying to grow. Grow as a site. I really believe in what they're doing. And it's really good stuff. They've got amazing live coverage. So if you can't watch shows for whatever reason. But you still want to keep up to date with the weekly shows. They've got some good live coverage. Coverage. Dave does their Raw and SmackDown. Got Chat who does their Impact stuff. All that's really good. Um, yeah, they're in the process of. I think they've got a new NXT live coverage guy, and they're in the process of trying to find a AW one. As I said, they're still growing, but they're doing good stuff. So hit them up on the socials. Uh, if you got any feedback or questions or anything for myself hit me up on the socials you got my one just right there good one that's me um you can hit the show one up too it's at the hop pod at t-h-e-h-o-p-p-o-d um yeah any questions or feedback or constructive criticism as i've said before don't be an asshole if your criticism is constructive, I will listen. Do my damnedest to make sure that I improve. That was the show. Two hours. Oh boy. Uh, we'll see you guys with an all that review. Uh, yeah, as I said, stay safe. Take care. See you next time. Ciao.